What were Jesus's last words? Go out into the whole world and make disciples. This Catholic podcast is all about helping you say yes to the final and greatest invitation of Jesus, the adventure you were made for. Together, let's explore what business, education, organizational leadership, popes, saints, and scriptures say about fulfilling the Great Commission. Folks, have you ever been starting a new ministry or outreach or program in general, and you really don't know where to start? There might be a lack of clarity. It could be like just a nebulous of different ideas, and you don't know where to head with things. Well, in this episode, we're going to discuss an original framework that's from our book called The Five W's. So think of it like structured brainstorming that you can do as you're starting something, but also later on to get new ideas for that same outreach. So it's going to take you from confusion to clarity. So Dan, let's put it up on the screen for those watching the video. And if they're just listening, don't worry, we'll walk you through it as well. But think of your hand, okay? And we're going to start with the index finger, and we'll explain that later. But number one is who, all right? Go through who are you trying to reach and never forget that. That's why it's number one. It's the most, it's, well, we're going to say it's the second most important thing, but who? First, you got to know who you're trying to serve. Then your middle finger is what? What is going to reach them? If you know them, then you're going to know what's going to get their attention. Then um, third and fourth, third finger in your pinky is where can you reach them? All right. You should know their schedules and what's convenient for them and when. Okay. But then the last finger we're using is the thumb for why. And that's because the why gives us our grip, right? We, ne we can never forget our why in ministry. A lot of times in ministry, we just get going and we just keep doing stuff, right? The same stuff year after year. And we got to remind ourselves why we're doing this. That always gives us the sense of urgency and helps us stay on track. So those are the five W's. So Dan, um, where have you in your experience uh, seen ministries get stuck early on? And how do you think this framework helps address that issue? Yeah. So in each of these areas, I I've seen people get stuck and I think they pr just present um, common problem spots, kind of sticking points, because it's very easy to allow uh, our focus to drift and kind of the, the our target to get too broad. So right away with who knowing the target audience, um, if we're not clear about the people we are trying to reach, then we will reach we will reach that target audience unsuccessfully and we'll reach all sorts of other people. And it's, it's not a problem. It's that we're not saying like discriminate that we shouldn't try to reach all people, but different types of ministries reach different people. So children aren't married. And so a marriage ministry needs to understand that it's targeting married people or a, a ministry to help uh, young couples who are dating discern marriage and then prepare for marriage so that they have a great marriage uh, we we need to think, kind of put ourselves in their shoes and think, what would interest them? Because if that's who I really want to connect with, how can I connect with them and how can I get them, them in there? So I would say that's one easy uh, easy uh, barrier or tripwire. It's just yeah. not focusing in on who. Yeah, and I think what can happen is these we have conversations planning ministry that sound really well-intentioned. Because like, oh, we could do this and that. Oh, and that would reach those families and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, wait, 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 guys what is this specific group charged to do? Because if you start thinking about reaching that group over there and the college kids over there and the young adults over here, but really your ministry is something completely different. That's how you get, you know, mission creep or just mission spread. You're all over the place and you can't stay focused. I think it happens a lot, not just in ministry, but in 
companies that try to do too much and organizations that go far beyond their vision and mission. So I think it's really important that even as you're brainstorming at the beginning, you got to be careful that you got to do it in a structured way or else you can get way off the deep end and end up creating something that you had no intention of doing or were called to in the first place. Right. And it's funny. I think each one of these of the five W's is an opportunity for mission creep if we're not careful. Um, I'm thinking I was recently running ads for a, a retreat, a conference that we were running and I had to choose an audience for those ads. And at first I made it way too broad and I didn't connect with with the audience for well because I was trying to connect with everyone. And so my ad was it, it we either was missing people or it was so vanilla that it just didn't interest anyone. And so I had to go in and refine that audience so that the, the ad in terms of the, the, the language and the picture and the art and the layout was attractive to the right age group. And then I chose that age group correctly. And then I had great success. We actually sold out the in-person seating for this event. And I, I credit that targeted ad on social media where I recognized who we needed to get in touch with and then put that, the ad right in front of their face. Now, you bring a, up a great point, Dan, that you can have a breakdown at any one of these things. Okay, so I'm a golfer. I love to golf. I don't get to do as much as I would like, but I love to golf. And I will tell you that if you're holding the club with a grip and you have a one finger's not on completely, you're not going to have a good swing, right? I mean, if two fingers aren't holding it the way it should, then forget it. So same with having a grip on your ministry through the five W's. You have to have all fingers doing the right thing because if you get who, what, and where correct, but then you have the wrong time that doesn't fit their schedules, forget about it. It doesn't yeah. matter how beautiful your outreach was. If it was a bad time for the families or whoever, then no one's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it applies to all the other W's. I totally agree with you. I don't think I knew you were a golfer, Justin. Next time uh, I'm in town or you're in town, we'll have to to play a round or, or, or try to get some holes in. No, absolutely, Dan. We'll make sure we're using the five W's on the golf course as well. Absolutely. We don't want that. We don't want <laughs> the club to go to go flying. So That's I would right. imagine. So I'm I'm pretty bad. Um, so I have a feeling you're going to beat me. <laughs> we'll see. It depends on the day. But I will tell you, my brother one time in a golf practice growing up with a coach, he didn't have the five W's working. His club flew up in the tree and our golf coach just laughed hysterically. He's like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> but I, think, I think that analogy works in our ministry is you ever seen a ministry that's just like off the rails and you're like, what is this thing? Like, what are they even doing? They probably aren't, couldn't do the five W's or if you got their leadership team in a room, they'd all have different answers to each of the questions. Yeah, so yeah, right. it's, about, it's about unison and unity in a leadership team as well. So why don't we jump into them? And we'll start with number one, your index finger, because you make, we're number one. You do that with that. So we're number one. Okay, who? Who is number one? Who are you trying to reach? So in our book, um, I think in, in a chapter, we do a great job of explaining this. You had some funny stories you threw in about a men's ministry. And they think, okay, we're trying to reach men. Wait, wait, what men? Where do they live? What, what are they like? What are their hobbies? What are their income levels? You have to know your who really, really well. That's why it's number one. You have to start there and understand exactly who you're going after. Because if you try to go after everybody, you end up getting nobody. So Dan, what are some ways to make sure you get the most important thing correct? Who? 
So one of the best ways is to get to know the audience or get to know that the who. Um, so you can do that by surveys. You can get to know that by meeting with them, by collecting information. This can be informal polls on social media. This could be uh, just some kind of like quick fill it, fill out this card on your way out from mass. Um, you could have any sort of, of just like quick informal information gathering. You could call up five guys from the parish or five guys from this this group that you're trying to connect with and say hey tell me a little bit about yourself what what are you interested in what would you what would you like to do what would you like in a men's ministry and go from there so surveys information gather, gathering data collection is our friend yeah and i think someone who's done this very well recently is bishop toops in the diocese of beaumont who came from florida both of our homeland but I noticed, because I'm out in Texas, and I saw on the Facebook page, he did listening sessions at every parish. And he's perfectly executing the five W's. He's really? getting to know his flock, who he's trying to serve. Uh, he was at a different he was at a different place almost every night. It was incredible. So that's how you do it. You, you shake hands, kiss babies, you listen to people, because you got to know them before you're going to do anything to help them. It starts there, and you build credibility with them. So that's number one is your who. Lots of ways to do it. There's no excuse to just sit in a meeting and just try to, you know, think your best. You should you should be able to bring some data or anecdotal information about your target group. So then the next finger, the middle finger is what? And what we mean by what is what is going to reach them? What's going to get their attention? Like you said, that ad, Dan, right? It needed to get their attention and um, be something that's going to meet them where they're at to bring them closer to Christ. So meet them where they're at bring them where they need to be. So um, when have you seen this go well, Dan, in your experience? And when have you seen it maybe go not so well? So I have a, a great story and a not so great story. So which one should I start with? Let's start with the not so great. Those are usually more fun. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> then I'll share one. So one year when I was doing uh, campus ministry, I had this idea during Lent. Actually, it came from a really great Catholic organization where they said, here's something you could do during Lent. You can offer meatless meals on Friday and we'll provide you with the recipes and a video about a part of the world that, where they eat this food. And so they were actually really, really neat at, uh, recipes from all around the country where people from typically lower income developing nations would eat this meal on a regular basis. So this wasn't their Friday meal. This was the regular meal. And it was an opportunity to help connect this concept of fasting and giving things up on a Friday during Lent with um, our brothers and sisters around the world who regularly go without so we can build a sense of solidarity. So I, I coordinated with the cafeteria to create these meals and to deliver them to the campus ministry room. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. Like people are going to love this. They're going to come and they are, they're just going to like donate money to eat this food. So I advertise it actually as free food. So people could come and just eat this food. And I thought we were going to get a bunch of donations because I just said, okay, give what you have people gave like $3 the first time. Like that was all we made. And it went down from there. Like it was, so that Lent is seven weeks long. So this was not a successful, <laughs> this was not a successful venture. And we, we typically ended up having so much food left over that yeah. this wasn't a, um, it, it was, it ended up being, uh, unfortunately, like I would say probably a waste of food because we had so much left over at the end. It, now, the food, it went against what it was trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the students who came, um, they appreciated it and they got something out of it. Um, but I'm, I wasn't smart 
about what would interest the students. And so I didn't, I, I basically said, I answered a question that they didn't ask. I said, yeah. hey, I have a great idea. You should be interested in it. Rather than just simply asking, what are you interested in? And then answering that question oh, or yeah. meeting, meeting that need. So I think that's a prime suspect uh -huh. in ministry where we think we know what people need and we don't take the time to determine. Actually, that happened to me recently. We were offering some professional development and training for uh, parish leaders. And I, I sat down one day to think about it and realized nobody asked for this, this, yeah. this one topic. I think it's important, but what does it connect to? How does it help them do their ministry? And it doesn't. Like it was, it, it was actually, it would have been much better for an end user. So I, I had my who wrong and I had yeah. my what wrong. I was, I had them confused. Yeah. And you know, what you just shared happens all the time uh, in, in ministry. We all, it happens so much that we think, what, what, what do I want? Okay. Everybody else must want that too. Or what do they need? Oh, I'm going to give it to them and they're going to like it. But if, if, if they don't want it, they're just not going to show up or come. And you learn that lesson the hard way. So part of this, the five W's here is like, we need to flip it on its head. It's not about us guys. It's not about us. It's about the people we're trying to reach. What's, who are they? And what is going to get their attention? I'll share one quick story from youth ministry. I had the youth ministry cooking after a couple of years, you know, we're getting some interest, more kids were coming. It was really exciting. And then I jumped the gun on something. I said, okay, you know what? Now I want to teach these kids how to pray. And I maybe talked to like one or two kids that said they want to learn how to pray right? Really go deep in it. And I just took that as like, here it is. Well, set up this Wednesday night thing where they could come and learn how to pray. Got the priest to like prepare a talk, waiting. And one person came and it was one of our peer ministers because she knew nobody else was going to come. Right. And I've, I've reflected back on that and thought, you know what? They weren't ready. They didn't ask for this. I should have been more patient in waiting for the right time. But like you said earlier, Dan, I messed up on where and when. Wednesday night for a high school kid? Terrible idea to make them come somewhere, right? And also in understanding the who, that peer minister knew things I didn't know that I wish I had asked for a more open feedback loop to say, hey guys, if you hear your friends don't think something we're doing is good, just tell us so we don't we don't waste our time, you know? And that phrase works smarter not harder. I think a lot of times in ministry, we want to feel good about ourselves because we're busy. Guys, if you're busy and people aren't showing up, just stop and just think, okay, how can I work smarter and not harder? You shouldn't be running yourself ragged, you know, if you're not getting the results that warrant that input. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a lot of, of Martha, Martha stuff going on in ministry and we, we need a little bit more Mary sitting at, the, sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening, whether we're listening to Jesus or listening to the people we're serving. Amen. Amen. So, but Dan, let's tell a happy story now. So yeah, when's the yeah. one time you saw this work well, where you got the who and the what correct? So I owe this success to my good friend, Amanda, who came up with this outstanding idea for team retreats in high school. And she recognized that the, the big class retreats were impersonal feeling and students didn't necessarily connect with those a lot or get a lot out of them because it was them and, you know, 200 other people. And so there wasn't the, the intimacy and the trust that you need in order to have good conversations and to help people feel open and be willing to change. So rather than pulling people out of, you could say, their community and their culture, she went to them. That's a, a novel concept. Imagine that. So she developed team retreats at this high school where every single 
varsity team got their own retreat, which was brilliant because now you have a community that already exists. So students know each other. They really, really bond. They've already bonded and they have something in common. And so you take that group that already has something in common. They already trust one another. They're already vulnerable. And you lead them into a, an encounter with the Lord. And those were really, really successful. And so um, that was one of the best ideas I've, I've seen in ministry recently. And so thank you very much, Amanda. It was great to be a part of that. No, I remember seeing that on social media and I was like, that is so smart. And it was great because you know what, too, you're evangelizing through something they care about. All right. If they're on the tennis team, or whatever, they love that sisterhood or brotherhood. They love what they're doing and showing them how Christ is in the middle of that. They're going to they're going to remember those experiences for the rest of their lives. So, yeah, that's a great example. So so see, folks, you can you can get them right. We're going to get to the next day before we do. We want to just. Make a little plug again. If you like what you're hearing, saying this is helpful, not only share this podcast with your friends, but please check out our book on Amazon. By the time this episode airs, it should be available or available for pre-order. It's called Go Make Disciples. We have all these frameworks printed within and an explanation and a forward by well-known Catholic author. We're so grateful to him for that, for that forward for us. So please check it out. Go Make Disciples on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. All right, so now let's go into the third W. Dan, I'm just going to go through the next two kind of group together. Uh, finger three and four is where and when. And just a couple notes I'll make here is on where, we all know that doesn't have to be physical anymore, right? Maybe virtually is the best way to reach some people. And when, guys, do stuff that's convenient. And I'm going to share a little story from mine. And Dan, I invite you to, to share a little story as well. Is um, One time I was, I was leading this uh, family ministry with my wife. And one thing we we would do every once in a while is uh, adoration, Eucharistic adoration, where families would feel comfortable coming. People would know, hey, I mean, kids are always welcome at adoration. But we, we made it sure that people knew, hey, guys, this time, little ones will be there. It might be a little noisy, but just know this is open to everybody. But just be aware, families with young children are going to be the ones we're really uh, gearing it towards. And first time, we had a great turnout. It was awesome. My wife even had tears in her eyes, you know, just to see all these families adoring our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. Well, um, the next time, turnout wasn't as great. Guess what I found out like the night of the event or a day before? We scheduled it the last night of vacation Bible school. <laughs> hey, folks, families have been driving their kids to VBS every day. Their kids have been learning songs and singing and dancing. They're exhausted by the end of that week. I wish I had checked the parish calendar before I scheduled it to make sure, is this convenient for my target audience? It's simple stuff like that, Dan. Check out the local calendar, not just at your parish. Don't schedule the first night of marriage prep. I did that once on Super Bowl Sunday, unless you want to alienate all the young men showing up. And of course, the women as well that are football fans. I mean, crazy stuff. So Dan, you got any stories from, from the where and the when, maybe getting mixed up or maybe going well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was doing, uh, I was a moderator for one of the classes at one of the high schools I worked at. And so the, the student government representatives from that class wanted to do a movie night. And so they wanted, they said, Hey, let's do this during winter. And so I checked with the, the school administration and said, Hey, we'd like to do it this date. And they said, Oh no, 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 no. That's not a good day. Cause there's a basketball game. So we don't want to compete with the basketball game. So instead do it the next night, which was a Friday night. And said, okay, sure. So I went back to the students and I said, how about we do it Friday night? And they said, no, that's a bad idea. No one's going to come. Um, the situation, the location of the school, it was actually 
uh, a really distributed student body over, I mean, multiple counties. And so people had to drive a long way to get to this school. And they said, people aren't going to come. And um, it was really disheartening. Uh, only one of those four student government representatives showed up. And yeah. it, was, it was like the student who came to your prayer meeting. She yeah. came because she uh, didn't want, like she didn't want me to feel bad or I think she didn't want me to be pretty much what happened in my example. And you know, it's, it's a testament to your who have them involved in the planning with you. Right. And have that open feedback loop. And then, yeah, you know, we just have to listen to them and, and trust their advice. And sometimes that's, that's hard to, that's hard to do. We want to plow ahead, but they're often going to know better than us. But I know Dan, you, I remember you recently talking about the success you've seen, I think maybe youth ministry doing, uh, events over Instagram and how that is a good example of the where and the when, especially in the time of COVID-19. They, they used where and when correctly and said, where, where can we get to our kids? Here it is. And it's safe and it's effective and all those great things. Yeah, they, they found where people are and they went there rather than trying to pull them out of their culture, just like with those team retreats, rather than pulling people out of their comfort zone, go to their comfort zone, even if that means it's not your comfort zone. So uh, there's a, a kind of a famous social media promoter who tries to get people to jump on there and do advertising on there. And he says his response to people when they say, well, I don't, I, you know, I didn't grow up with this. I'm not familiar with that. He says, you know what? You didn't grow up learning how to drive either. And you figured that out. So <laughs> like you can probably figure out all, whatever the newest social yes. media platform is, you can figure it out. So one thing that actually just came to mind as you were talking about the, the need to check with other calendars and check with people in the parish. I got some great advice from one of my professors one time when we were talking about school administration and how a principal needs to keep in mind so many different groups of people when he or she makes a decision. So you know, if you think something simple like uniforms, I'm going to change the uniforms. Well, you need to consult or connect with and let so many different groups of people know about the uniforms, like you've got all of those parents who are hit, planning on handing on those uniforms to the, their their youngest, their next youngest kids, or even the friends of families who are at your school. Okay, so you think, oh, well, this family, you know, their youngest is just about to graduate, so they don't need those uniforms. Well, what about the, the cousins of theirs that you don't know, who are incoming freshmen who are hoping to inherit those uniforms and, and save, you know, $300 on that. And so this professor had a great idea. He said, make a list of all of the different stakeholders in your community. Mm -hmm. And as you make big decisions, go down that list and say, how will my decision impact that group of people? And how will my decision impact that group of people? And unless you, you're you like way overboard, go ahead and communicate with them anyway, because they can hit delete just as easily as anyone. And it's far better if you over communicate and let people know what you're doing than it is to under communicate. Like nobody, like there are those people who we think like, oh my gosh, they send so many emails, they send so many messages, but that's not really a bad reputation. The people who have the bad reputation are the ones, ones who don't. <laughs> right. And, and like you think, oh my gosh, I wish they would have just sent an email. How hard would that yeah. have been? No, really, really smart. And I, I think it even think about where and when it's, it's how to be in touch with these folks. We'll talk about that in other frameworks, but you know, I've, I've been guilty before of just using emails when some some groups just do the text. It, it, you'll get your answer quicker. Um, so, you know, but guys, it doesn't have to be too hard. You you ask the target audience. You can do a quick survey, you know, and the same family ministry. Another time we were launching it uh, and we, we asked, hey, when's the best night? Seemed like Friday nights were from the survey. We did it Friday nights and it was and it worked great. So it doesn't have to be a complicated thing. 
ask, listen, and then just do it. And um, that tends to work out well. But the key thing is asking, asking the right people and actually listening to what they have to say. And maybe being a little flexible on your end. You say, well, that's not the best time for me. It ain't about you. That's the whole point of this framework. It's not about you. Okay. So to wrap up the framework, Dan, we're going to get to the most important finger. The most important finger on the human hand, isn't it? This is what uh, separates us from all the other animals, right, Dan? This is why we can play golf and hold a pencil and uh, play video games or whatever else uh, we do. But the thumb, Dan, the most powerful finger. Mine's actually double-jointed. People think that's kind of weird. Maybe some of our listeners, if you're watching the video, you can see that. This gives you the grip. And, man, without it, you're just like your ministry loses its its juice. It loses its its sense of purpose. Any organization would say the same thing. Your why. And the reason it's the thumb is because it makes the grip happen. You never forget your why, folks. Ways to remember why you're doing this is have a clear, crisp vision statement or mission statement. We'll talk about that in the next episode and post it somewhere where you're going to be reminded of it. Have rituals where you can say it over and over again. Never forget your why. So Dan, what would you add on about why it's so important to keep the first thing first, your why? One, because we're so tempted to the easy, quick tasks or the things that will look good to others or look good on paper. And right. those are not always, and they're, they're not necessarily connected with our why. So a, a routine question that we should ask ourselves is why are we doing this and what's the payoff? So when I was a teacher, anytime I was teaching something, I always asked myself or try to ask myself, so what? Why is a high school student going to care about this? And I think we ask ourselves that same question in ministry. Why am I doing this? So what? What's the payoff? What can I take to the bank here in terms of what, like, what actually adds value to people's life? And if we are unclear on that, we are much less likely to de deliver something, to deliver an experience, to, to help people have an encounter that is meaningful and valuable in their life. So why is what keeps us connected to what people want and what people need, especially in a relationship with the Lord? Now, I'm glad for what you brought up then, because why doesn't just give you motivation, but it also gives you clarity as a leader. And that why uh, can help you decide what to do or not to do. We're talking about work smarter, not harder. There's always a reason to do more. You can fabricate a reason, say, oh, yeah, we should do that. We should do that. But you need to come back to your why and say, does this help accomplish our mission? And that's why we're doing this whole podcast, Dan, is, you know, we feel that some things in the church, maybe we've gotten a little off track. You know, why are we doing these things? It's to go make disciples. Everything should come back to discipleship. It should be the gateway to defining what we do or don't do, what we use our time for. Um, because that's all our Lord asked us to do, right? He said, go make disciples. He And he left it at that. Um, so that's our mission. So to kind of wrap up the episode, ten, today we introduced the five W's. Dan, if you don't mind putting it back on the screen. The five W's, think about them like your hands spread out. Okay, so your index finger, one, who are you trying to serve? If you get that, if you know who you're trying to serve, then you're going to get number two correct, the middle finger, what is going to reach them. Then your last two fingers, where can you reach them? Doesn't have to be physical, can be virtual. And when can you reach them? What's convenient for them? And then lastly, the thumb that makes the grip work. Why? Never forget your why, folks. So with that, we want to thank you for joining us again for yet another episode. We are very grateful to you for just continuing to be with us and, and listen to us. We hope and pray that 
This supports the work you're doing. So whether you work for the church or whether you are a lay person who just says, you know what, I need to dedicate more of my time to ministry. We're doing this for you. And we really, really hope and pray that this helps you bring other people to know, love and serve God. And if there's anything that you struggle with or there are some questions you have, we would love to hear from you to, to give it our best answer and say, here's what we would do in your situation. So you can reach us at being and making disciples at gmail.com. Uh, and if you are enjoying this, this podcast, we would really love if you could leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, just to, to say like, Hey, this is, this is what I'm getting out of this. This is, this is what I love about the show. Uh, and of course, if you have any feedback about what we could do better, we would love to hear that as well. And then, of course, funny, the, the book is for sale on Amazon. So just search Go Make Disciples by H. Justin Reyes and Daniel Boyd. You should see it on there. Uh, it's very, very affordable on Kindle and paperback as well. So we'd love for you to check it out. And again, if you have purchased it and read it, we would love a review on there. So uh, thank you so much. God bless you all. And we'll be with you again in a week.